0: Hello, welcome to Everyday Being. I'm Gareth, and once again, I'm delighted to be joined by Steve. Steve, how are you this week?
1: Hi, Gareth. Yeah, I'm good. Just, well, the start of a cold, but so other than that, I'm feeling good, actually. Yeah.
0: And how about you? Are we good? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Since we last spoke, I've had another uh, birthday, um, (laughs) uh, which was uh, lovely. (laughs) Uh, I've also had a, a tenth wedding anniversary as well, so we've had some celebrations in this house since since we last spoke.
1: Brilliant,
0: very nice. Um, it is nice for prosperity that we're recording you with a cold as well, so uh, so we'll, we we can ever hear your 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 nasally tones uh, as part of your your cold. So if Steve does sound a bit different, that's that's what he's got going on, and he's uh, he's fighting fighting that. Yeah, I apologise um, in advance. it's not about how you sound steve it's about it's about what you're what you're bringing uh where you're coming from and and the the stimulus that we bring um thank you once again for taking the time for you and for allowing us into your world we as we always do hope that you will enjoy this fifth episode of everyday being Everyday being is attempting to bring to life how a change in our understanding about how we live, how we think, how we feel in really simple, common, everyday ways that you can resonate with or can can create a bit of a stimulus and how that understanding, if we bring it to life in those everyday ways, can make a significant improvement on our well-being and our happiness. That's what we're trying to do week in, week out. As we say each week, please do get in contact. We are, are so pleased and love to hear from you. The email address is hello at everydaybeing.co.uk. Please send us a note. We'll respond if you're uh, if you're willing. We can put it in the questions uh, as we have done for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and once again, we're delighted that two other people uh, have been willing to do that and give us some, some comments and some some questions. So, so once again, we're going to, bookend today's episode with a listener question uh, and once we have the first one we're going to go into our topic uh, which for, for this week is understanding the nature of mind which I think is a really great topic and we've got a range of views and thoughts on that so we're going to go into that in a minute but let's start off with our question uh, and our question is really simple and it comes from Ellie Ellie thank you so much for getting in touch and for asking us a question and she simply asks us how do you know what to say? She said it's a question that baffles me when I listen to others they sound so eloquent and I always wonder how people will know what to say. So Steve how do you know what to say?
1: (laughs) It's such a good question isn't it because I think there's so many people that would would recognize that challenge, you know, in different contexts, different situations of having some sense of anxiety or uncertainty about uh, a situation that you're going into. <clears throat> and who hasn't had some thoughts about, oh, my God, you know, how what how, how am I going to come across? What are other people going to think of me? And so on. So I, I think it's a really, a really common challenge, actually. Um, I mean, just I guess a couple of thoughts from me would be that I think often I notice for myself and I notice working with other people that where that becomes more challenging is probably situations that are less familiar to us mm. and or whether we 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 get we get a bit more invested in in how we're going to come across or what we want other people to think about us, or we just get some anxiety about well, what will other people think about us. So I suppose, yeah. You often just end up un- unintentionally going into that situation with a little bit more thinking about that, <clears throat> which, of course, when you think about it, that will always create anxiety because you're thinking about something that you absolutely have no control over. You'd have no control over how anyone else is yeah. going to judge you or think about you. So, of course, then yeah. when you turn up, <clears throat> you're automatically going to be more anxious because you're thinking about something you don't um you don't control. I think the other thing that often goes alongside that is that you then over-prepare. So I certainly see that from a work context that that sometimes people find meetings or situations they find more difficult, they almost over-prepare it. So they don't just prepare the content of it, but they start to get into all sorts of scenario plans about <clears throat> if someone says this, I'll do this. If they go in that direction, I'll do that. <clears throat> not realising that intentionally, the consequence of that is you then turn up into that meeting with more, a, a busier mind, more thinking on yeah. your mind. Someone I coached a few years ago, he, that was such an insight for him. He had two meetings that he dealt with that were really quite challenging and difficult. And he found what he realised was that one of them that he just turned up and was just really able to be in the moment and really just engage and then sort of just found navigated his way through it. And the other meeting, he recognised that actually the more planning and thinking he did about it, the worse the meeting was. And he hadn't, he hadn't <laughs> yeah. noticed that. And, of course, the, the worse it is, the more you think you should think about it. So I think that's a useful thing to keep in mind. And I suppose the other yeah. thing that just came to mind from that question was, that the reality is that most of what we do or say is unconscious. So that there's if you think about when you're just in the moment with people, and particularly when you're really relaxed, you know, if you're with a group of friends or you're with family and so on, it's not like in your mind you've got this, this um this story all mapped out of what you're going to say and how you're going to say it and da-da-da. The reality is that when we're really sort of just present and we're sort of comfortable, we just, the right thing to say or do just just comes to mind very naturally. Mm. And so I think the more we can just be present to those situations and trust the fact that the right words, the right you know the right phrases and so on will sort of come to mind um that the more we get an experience of that actually happening um Mm. and you know that often the more we think about those situations the worse it gets it's a bit like people that go red you know which obviously is out of conscious control sometimes the more they think about situations where they might go red and the anxiety that comes with it, of course, the more, more it happens. Mm. So it's sort of one of those things that sometimes you have to see that it's a it's a it's almost like an undoing. It's a backing away. It's it's um not overthinking things, which allows us then to be more present and to be more engaged and then more trustful of the right thing to say or do will come out of that that being, that, that sense of presence. Yeah yeah how about you Does what, what 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 were your thoughts on that question
0: <laughs> uh, it's such a rich question i yeah. don't i love it so much and, you know i'm slightly thinking here we should have just had this for this week's podcast quite frankly just, just said actually let's just talk about this simple question because i think you could because already what you've talked about there about coming from the quiet man mind about the sense of preparation how that can cloud it i think gosh we could talk a lot about expectations and 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 judgments um interest, interestingly i was thinking about this podcast actually and about how you and i prepare for for this and <laughs> I, I almost sort of like fear saying, you know, don't let daylight in on magic because that sort of indicates this is magic. And we know it's it's not it's not that at all. But what, but I think this is this, this is helpful in that you and I come to this with a top and tail uh, script to help us to guide us and we have some examples and we you know we know the topic that we're going to go into but actually what what we've always said through this podcast and we're learning it more and more actually the best examples that we're coming to are the ones that just occur in the moment and, and we have deliberately said where this section, the middle section goes when we're talking about our topic, we're just going to we, we'll just explore and just see what sort of resonates there. So so to some extent, you know, we don't know what we're going to say. um And, you know, you could answer the question in a way to say, how do you know what to say? Well, you don't. The honest answer is you don't. And don't don't worry about it because as you brilliantly say in the example about the you know, friends and family we don't ever worry about that do we well maybe some some people do um but when you know when you're with those people that you know that love you unconditionally or you know ex- experience you for who you are without that sense of what, what somebody will think of them, you you don't prepare for those things right. um and it, and it is the how what what you want the other person to think about and what as you've already said see we 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 can't control control that but those are the things that impact they create the busy mind they create the mind that is not going to deliver the person that we we want to be the person we be um and it is from the quiet mind that that the wisdom absolutely comes um and i think that is an lovely link into the topic i won't go there yet but i think hopefully what we talk about today and the the nature of mind in its various forms will will help the the topic so yeah i i I just i just think it's so so rich
1: well actually it's really interesting gareth what you just said about you know we haven't planned certain things i've just come up with an example just based on what you said that i thought i hadn't thought about this which was that um a mentor of mine um George Pransky was telling me that he, several years ago, um, was asked to go and speak about some of the things we're talking about with school children, <clears throat> but it was young children, so they were in primary school. And um, so he uh, he went along and he could really see times when he was really connected and, you um, and they were really in in it with him. And then times when they just switched off and you could see them being distracted and and sort of doing other things. (laughs) And he said it was quite a painful experience to start with because it's like, what's going on? And so he started to record himself. So he'd record it so that he could try and spot what it was. And it was, he noticed that it was when he got up in his head, started to sort of overthink stuff become a bit more conceptual oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and actually versus when he was really grounded really present really in his being with them and then suddenly there was a uh, there was a much deeper sort of connection there was a real flow and there was a what was emerging came very sort of naturally and sort of organically Um and he even he even got other people that he was sort of mentoring <laughs> To go and do it as well, because he said it, it. really taught you how to how to be present and how to really come from your heart. And when you when you lost that, and and just to be able to sort of, um, just to be able to notice it. Yeah, and of course, children just give but you very yeah. honest feedback if they if they if they're switched off, they're switched off, and, and they're not bothered <laughs> yeah. about looking like they're being present. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I, I also love not just the how to, but actually the benefits from it. When, when, when we see our thinking, when we comment, when we ju- when we're internally judging, regardless of the judgments of others, that's what gets in the way. That's what stops you you being at, at your absolute best.
1: I think that's right, and I I, I really notice. I, mean, I do a lot of one to one with people, and I really can notice. You know, there's certain things you. I tend to share and examples and so on you know that and that's okay you've got a certain way of sort of working but I really notice that those times where something comes to me and it and it's literally fresh for me something I thought oh I haven't thought about or I haven't thought about it in that way or I haven't expressed it in that way you can just see the impact that has on the other person because of course in a way if it's fresh for you of course it's going to be fresh for them and you can feel there's a there is a real, there is a real energy in that because it feels like it's, it's come out of the field of the relationship with the person. Yes, so I think yes. often, you know, when we're with other people, we do create, a, we create a field. That's what sort of, you know. You can feel a, an energy or a connection, and I think the more we're present, the more likely it is that, you know, the conversation is going to emerge from that field. And and to be honest, you yeah. can't pre you can't preplan it. Yeah, you no, can't prepare no. that really. Um, it doesn't mean that in meetings and so on you can prepare for the content. So, like a bit what we've done, you know, got the content what we want to cover, some key aspects of that. But then you have to let that go and allow
0: yeah. it to emerge. <laughs> you know, uh, as people who who know me uh, know that I like to. Uh, sometimes talking you know metaphors or analogies or that you know just just some just some examples um and and when I'm working with people, I do try to work in, a, in an example or a metaphor that actually resonates with with them. Uh, and I was working with with somebody recently and came up with something that was completely in the moment, just absolutely came came to me. And it was a bit bizarre and abstract, but I went with it and absolutely went with it. And it absolutely resonated with the person. And they said to me, oh, God, you know, when when you use that with other people, you know, you must have talked to so many people about that. What do people think? And you know, I had to say, I've never thought about it before. I've, yeah. I've, I've never used that description before. And they said, but, but it was amazing, and it, I just, it really lands, and I really understand it, and it's been really powerful. I was, I've never thought about it bef- before. Right. Um, and and I, I think it's that wonderful example, isn't it, of you saying because there is the connection, because there is the absolute presence, because of the state of being that I'm coming, I'm coming from, that when something comes like that, that you just go, okay, I'm going to go with it, I'm just going to trust in it. How it's received is so powerful. Yeah. Um. And yes, it's it's probably you know deep in the relationship and the connection between us both. But I but I would say some of the real power cut is from where I'm coming from and that clarity in,
1: in the moment yeah absolutely and I, I've <clears throat> had that where something really lands and of course then the trap is you think oh yeah that's a really good description of whatever and of course then that's in your mind and you're waiting for a, an opportunity and I've done this loads of times and then you think oh this is this is relevant to this conversation or this and you you say it and it doesn't go anywhere yeah, and, yes. and you can feel like, oh, I th- I thought I thought it was the metaphor. I I thought it was that, and it's like, no, it, it wasn't that. It was it was that moment, and it was so present to that moment. That's why it worked, and I think sometimes that's why, you know, we can get trapped by thinking, yeah, it, you know, it's the metaphor, it's the story, or whatever, and it's like, no, it's <laughs> it's not actually. Yeah, is it is it sort of of that moment? That's where it has resonance for people. Yeah,
0: I agree. I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna move a stone because i was about to bring up something else and i thought <laughs> that's gonna take us in a completely different direction but um let, let's stop there ellie we hope that answers your question and gives you some some insight yeah thank you uh for sending it in um so okay let's uh let's move on in today's topic uh, and as we've been doing with the last couple of episodes we're going to continue to go deep into a topic really sort of think about it discuss some everyday examples that hopefully can can bring it to life. Um, and today's topic is understanding the nature of mind. In our episode one in the over, overview, we did sort of mention a couple of things here um, that you well, when we talk about and they may sound familiar. there are some themes from episode one that we're gonna bring uh, bring to life again. Uh, we might even reference some uh, some thinking as well that we mentioned in episode uh, one as well. So uh, so some things might be might be uh, ringing about. Uh, Steve kick us off
1: yeah so I suppose <clears throat> we've mentioned before um I think we talked to one of the previous podcasts about the three principles, the sort of sydney Bank's um realization and understanding and he talked about mind consciousness and thought and we're saying that those three principles are what creates our experience. we've got um that 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 in a way relevance to this is the mind is. Is the source of our experience. It's saying everything we experience, we experience in our mind. And I remember when I first sort of, you know, I suppose, re- realized that really sort of connected to that. And when you think of it, it's actually quite amazing that everything I'm experiencing is experienced in my mind. So even though it looks like I clearly, and I am living in a physical world. <clears throat> That actually everything about that experience is something that is occurring in my mind. And yeah. it still blows my mind now, if I'm really honest, to, to, to <laughs> sort of realize that even as we're having this conversation, it's a it's a it's an experience of my mind. It's a very personal, subjective experience. And sometimes we lose sight of that. I think we talked in one of the earlier episodes about inside out versus outside in. You know, that yeah. to see it's an inside-out experience, that everything that we're experiencing is of our mind. And that's why the same circumstances affects people differently, but also can even affect us differently from one day to the next. Because I suppose then the next part that's really helpful to see is, well, what is the mind? Um, You, you know, not, I'm not sure... That we fully know what that is. I mean, it goes to I think I guess where what we're coming from is saying well, ultimately the mind is the source of our experience, and the currency of the mind is our thinking. So <clears throat> when when we're not thinking, we're less we're less aware of our mind. We're just much more in the flow of our life, much more in the flow of our experience. But the the only way that the mind can create an experience for us is sort of through our thinking. And so there's a, there's a sort of, it's a very creative process that the thinking that we have and um, how that thinking plays out in our mind, you know, is the way that we then experience the external world. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that then you sort of see that there's this direct relationship between our thinking and our sort of state of mind. So I, I guess, and we've mm-hmm. touched on that before, that when that the purpose of the mind, in a way, is to help us navigate in the world. So if you think about the mind, it's there to um, help us go about our day-to-day activities. So it's like, I think we refer to it as a tool. It's a tool that we, we, we use for that purpose. And of course we have a flow of thinking that just never stops in a way. You know, if you think about your mind, it's constantly, the thinking is constantly flowing. Even when we're asleep, you know, we're dreaming. So there's still thinking going on. Because I suppose if you think about the world out there is constantly evolving, constantly changing then in a way our thinking has to keep flowing to enable us to navigate that world. You know, why does, why does our thinking keep moving and changing? Well, it helps us navigate in the world. Now, some of it we learn from experience so we can use our previous thinking to help us, you know, do our daily activities. You know, we don't have to learn to drive the car a new every day we've got our previous thinking about how to do that so our memories are sort of are are really helpful for that and we've got creativity to enable us to think about things differently so the mind in a way uh, works on our previous thinking and also enables us to have fresh fresh thinking about things as well
0: and but I, it's two separate things, though, Steve, isn't it? Yeah. That's that's what we're that's what we're saying. Which actually, I I don't know how much that would be something that you'd think about. That hang on, surely they're one and the same. And what we're saying is, no, actually, these these things are are different, uh, and they interact with each other in different ways, and and the energy that they create. But the important thing is that that we see them as two different things and understand our relationship with their relationship, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's a really good point, because this is what occurs to me then, is that it sort of describes why it's dualistic. So part, I think, of the challenge of the mind is that it operates so like yes and no, good and bad, right and wrong, black and white. In a way, the mind has to work with with that contrast and I suppose that the, the mind will work on previous experiences from the past, so it will have the past, and it has that ability to think about the future. So you can see that that dualism is really helpful. It's helpful for us to make decisions and judgments about things, enables us to reflect on our past, and to be able to create a new and different and different future. <clears throat> so it's a... It's a wonderful tool in that respect. And when you think about it, the power of it to just create our experience, I mean it's it's astounding when you step back from it to, to think it yeah. how much it just constantly, like literally, you know, second to second, moment to moment, is creating this experience. And we, we don't notice it. It's all going on in the background. And it's only often when we step back that we we see we see that process. Um, but I suppose then one of the consequences of that is that it enables us to be present and engaged and when we are why we've talked so much about being I think is because the mind is much quieter when we're just much more present and yeah. engaged the mind is still there but it's much more quiet it's much more in the flow you know often when you say to people when you're at your best what were you thinking about they often don't know really because well I wasn't really thinking mm. and then Often they say, well, no, of course I was, but you could see the thinkings much more in the background. <laughs> Versus, I think when we struggle, you know, the link back to mental health, you know, when we're struggling, we're you you will always find that people will we we we, we always be spending more time thinking about what has happened or overthinking or worrying about the future. So I suppose yeah. that's where we that's where we start to sort of, we start to miss, you know, misuse it. So I I think in a way, the reason we talked about the nature of the mind is that we can try and put a lot of effort into managing our thinking. Whereas there are ways of doing that, and maybe we'll come on to those, but I think what's more important to understand is what's the nature of the mind? You know, the nature Mm. of the mind is that, that, you know, it, it's it's created by our thinking and therefore <clears throat> the way we relate to our thinking, the way we use our thinking, um, the way we tune into our state of mind is actually a really useful thing to, to be able to do. So rather than get caught up in trying to manage the content of it all, it's saying if we've got a better understanding of the way it works, how it creates our experience, can we use it in a more effective way, and can we recognize I suppose when we misuse it when we innocently misuse it, can we notice that and be able to sort of step back step back from that and allow the mind to clear yeah yeah easy easier said than, than done Joe, Do you know I had
0: the uh, I had experienced this uh, this week um. Uh, so, um, in, in the morning, uh, I have, uh, a, a number of, of either duties or routines that I need to do. Like, and I think this may resonate with many people is that everything is almost planned within an inch of its life and at and a minute right. and every minute counts for counts for everything. So I, I was up early and I'd exercised, um, and then I've got to walk the dog in the mornings. Uh, which then sort of leaves me somewhere in the region of about 25 minutes to uh, come back in and get showered, changed, shaved, da 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 dressed, hair done, ready to go. <laughs> at which point I've got to leave the house at 25 to to eight to take the girls uh, to the bus stop. So you know I'm 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 on that duty, and those are my those are my routines of right. clearly exercise, clearly get ready for the day, but there's duties of the dog and, and the girls and it's within an inch of life and this day this week I knew I was i i probably had a three minute flex on it because at eight o'clock i had an important meeting that that i had to go and speak to bosses about so it was already in my day i had i had minutes to go uh well um uh we're in the middle of winter you may i don't know when you're listening to this this podcast but we're in the middle of the winter uh, and we've had a real cold snap here in the uk and it's caused carnage as, as ever with extreme yeah, weather does in in the uk we're just not set up to, to do that so it meant that the girls bus was broken down and they'd been communicated that they they couldn't get in uh and katie's got commitment so it's you know it, it, she 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 rightly can't can't get involved and so it, it's for me to do so i was gonna have to take him to school so you know bearing in mind already the flex i've got and in order to get to them just all the way to school and then back to that i was, i i was like i need to be out this door in nine minutes and i'm i'm still in my exercise (laughs) gear and so my head immediately when i got this news of buses broken down you're gonna get through my head was kind of full of all the dynamics of can i get in there on time is there any other options who can help out can they help out can i get i've got nine minutes why am i even studying i need to get in the shower for yeah. 30 seconds to do what about my hair i need to do my yeah you know, and all these things flying through my mind Mind's super busy and i'm running around dashing around because i need to get out of the door and i'm sort of like going through everything um and then i jump in the car i realize it's icy and I need to do the deicer thing, and I run into the garage and I go and get de- have no de-icer. and I've no deicer, Icer and And then I've like, right, okay. i go in Katie's car. So I jump into another car. And da, 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 yeah, and like my mind is all over the shot. And every minute I can see this going. And I've texted people then to say I'm gonna be late. I'm really apologizing. And of course, I'm in my head because it was an important meeting. And should I have sorted something else out? And what would people think? And all those, all those expectations. So I was, my mind was super busy about everything. Anyway. what felt like an eternity but probably this whole thing has only lasted for probably 16 minutes in total at at this point from the point of being told that you know the bus isn't coming i get in the car and i start the seven minute journey from my house to where the bus stop is and so we're we're in process then there's nothing more i need to think about We, we we are we're on executing the plan of how i'm getting somewhere and I can't remember the exact moment it happened, but I certainly wasn't thinking and wasn't trying to solve the problem, and wasn't thinking about all those different consequences. And just an idea popped in my head of you could go to work, you could order a taxi now, and the taxi could take the girls into school from your work because it's still in the, it's in the, in the same town. We live live near Peterborough. Uh, the girls, uh, long long story, but got taxis when the buses weren't working previously. So there's a bus, co- there's a taxi company that knew them, they knew them. It's not it sounds all very very posh. That I was getting them to a taxi. Is yeah. that sound posh? I don't know. I'm worried about the judgment of it. Um, um, and and so got got that got uh, so um Florence ordered the, ordered the taxi. We went to my workplace. The taxi came, and I was in the meeting a few minutes late hair undone, which is a disaster for those people that know me and know how how my hair is that important to me. Um, but, but all in all five, only five minutes late, um, so just that absolute carnage of mornings and kids and commitments and work and all those things. But, but what, why, why is the thing interesting? I think for me is that, you know, when I was just stuck in all those different things, I wasn't, you know, there was no kind of quality of, of thinking. And at the moment that I stopped doing thinking mind allowed wisdom to come to me and to solve the problem and just come in my head and was like okay this is this is what we do and I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't conscious that I was doing that I didn't try and set on myself or do anything like that. I was just absolutely being in the moment not thinking
1: and the wisdom wisdom came to me yeah. um that's really good I think that's just such a good example I think I'm sure. <clears throat> many people listening will recognise, you know, who hasn't had that, you know, where something goes against the plan, as it were, and the mind the mind just goes into overload, I think, because it looks like that's going to be the answer to the problem. And I suppose, in a way, what you're describing is, and I suppose that's the thing that can then make it quite practical, is that there's like a tipping point, I think, where <clears throat> the 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 sort of, the amount of thinking you've got, there's a tipping point where once you start to do more thinking, it sort of lowers your state of mind. So that's, I think one of Sydney Banks' great sort of understandings was that it's the thinking that creates your state of mind. So that's why there's a direct relationship between our thinking and our state of mind. You know, when when we're in a really positive state of mind, our thinking's lovely and open and quite creative, and we're able to operate in the gray of things. When we're in a low state of mind, a low mood, our thinking is more black and white, it's more critical, it's more judgmental. There's, you know, there's just this direct sort of correlation. Um, and so I think to understand why and that relationship, you know, what you were describing, I think, is a really good example. Then when you got in the car. And you realize, well, there's nothing else to think about here, actually. Once you then let go of your thinking, as soon as you let go of your thinking, you do create the conditions for your state of mind to shift. And and it doesn't always mean, I mean, this is the trick of it. It doesn't always mean that you'll get an answer or that you'll solve the situation that you're in. But it provides you with a better opportunity To find a better answer because you're I think when our when our state of mind shifts we we're more open to fresh thinking a fresh idea fresh thought when we're when we're in a low state of mind what you really notice is people are just going over the same old things and that's why they get stuck yeah it's it's like well the thinking you had before hasn't helped you so just doing more of that probably is not going to help you. What you need is a fresh insight, a fresh perspective. And of course, if you think about the word insight, it's a sight from within. I mean, it's I mean, it's in the in the, in the <laughs> yeah, word itself, yeah. you know, that when your mind, like in the car there, where your mind sort of just quiet and down, you present the conditions for an insight. Oh, a fresh idea. I could get to a taxi. So I think that's a lovely, that's a lovely everyday sort of everyday example
0: and we've referenced this in previous examples haven't we about the 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 research around where where does insight and wisdom come from around comes from the shower in the morning or sleeping overnight and and both those things are around you you are not that is it is not in focus and by not being in focus wisdom and insight can come to you because the because the 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 mind is settled it has that conditions for for success
1: yeah absolutely yeah i mean i think i mentioned the einstein quote you know the intuitive mind is a wonderful gift i think what he was talking about was that the rational mind is is really useful it's a really useful servant but the true master the true source of breakthroughs and creativity is more the intuitive mind and it and it's in a way it's quite helpful I think not to see them as one's good and one's bad they say no our, our personal thinking if you want to use that way of describing it of all our previous experiences and our the way we've developed our intellect is really useful there's so much of life that we're applying that to but it, you don't want that to be run in the show really our being which is just our ability to be more present means that we have access to that personal mind that personal thinking and we we take yeah. it and leave it as appropriate but we also have access to a, a different flow which is more of that sort of intuitive flow that sort of you know almost i think of it as our like our life force you know that's our connection to the the energy of life or the intelligence of life and that's the bit that provides us with with fresh and new thinking um Mm. and i suppose for human beings you know it's it's, when you step back it's really obvious that we have that because you know we're not still living in caves you know we we've our ability to think differently our ability to create you know is a fundamental aspect of our nature i mean in a way you know the nature of life is to create and we're part of that creation, so of course it's it's inherent in our nature to create, and create new, new and different, and change, and so on. Um, but that doesn't come from the personal mind, really. It comes much more from that that intuitive, more access to more universal mind, which is why I think when we're going back to the the question from Ellie, you know, um, when you're in the moment why can you suddenly something to say or do comes i think because it comes from that deeper source you know when we're connected to that and we're connected to the person or the group of people that we're with we have access to that yeah to that sort of i don't know wiser thinking or wiser energy or fresh and new thinking energy
0: Mm. i'm totally out of my depth on on this but What what almost came to mind was sort of the Archimedes and and um, Isaac Newton of of how how does insight and wisdom come in the bath or how does it come from sitting under the tree and the apple falling on there I don't, you know maybe maybe those things aren't even true through sort of history and they're all revisionist but. You know, I actually there there's some neat examples of the insight came to them when they weren't th- when they weren't thinking about it, when the mind was quiet. And it's and look, what, what we're not advocating is we all walk around not thinking. That's that's not, not what we're saying at all. And equally, yeah, you know, we're not promising that actually if you just go, Well, I'm I've got a quiet mind, where's the wisdom come? We're not we're not saying that would will will happen. But hopefully what you're getting a sense of now as you spend more and more time with us is actually we're sort of pointing to a, I don't know, a, a set of principles and designs or a direction that we're sort of, we're, we, 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 as we keep saying, we're pointing towards to say there is, so, there is something in here that we believe is universal truth. And it won't always happen and it won't always be the case, but actually by under, by applying the understanding we believe that actually, the just the greater impact that it will have on you and the people around you, and the happiness that you have, and the, your own well-being, there'll just be a, a significant positive shift.
1: Yeah, I, and I think just to pick up on something you said is, it's I think it's really important to recognise you can't not think. So <laughs> uh, you know, and I I, I, I think, I think where some of uh, the, I think somewhere some of the approaches around mental health, for example, go wrong is it's it's trying to control thinking. Um, I suppose what we're saying is look, there are some aspects of that that you can do. Maybe we'll sort of come on to that when we talk a bit more about the implications. But we're sort of saying, actually, if you understand that there's a flow to thinking and you understand how thinking and mind creates your experience then you start to realise, well, I have no control over that. I have no control of what thought comes into my mind or the feelings and the emotions that that come from that. I've not seen anything or read anything where anyone is saying that. Even people that have had very powerful, enlightening experiences will often say the mind went switched off, their personal mind switched off, but it's often only for seconds before it it sort of kicks back in Yeah. and they're not saying that they they don't have their personal thinking they're saying no no they they just have a different relationship to it and i think that's really important to understand cuz i think i meet so many people that feel like they should control their thinking they should control their yeah, feelings yeah. they should control their emotions it's like it's just such a hard such a hard thing to do i think it's why you know i don't think you can find peace of mind in the mind i think you find Peace of mind in being, that the more we come back to our being, the mind takes its lead almost from that. And so the mind does start to change. But but it I it often comes from when you accept the mind, you accept your thinking, feelings, and emotions for what they are. You don't resist them. And if you don't resist them, they, they naturally ebb and flow i think it's often when we resist you see that particularly with emotions if we resist an emotion it just persists it, you can hold yeah. it down well, you, for so long but it keeps popping up
0: well i think you're giving it energy <clears throat> and that's why that yeah. that so actually you're sort of feed, feeding it to create a bigger bigger impact bigger momentum because you're giving it that 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 energy to exist and to and to have I don't know agency for the want of a better term. Um, yeah. I, I I always remember some of our early conversations when you were to, you know introducing to me to to many of the things we're talking about. Um, it, it, because I was coming from well, because I was a doer, as as I've said previously, I was like, okay, I get it, Steve, I get it. What do I, what do I do? what can I do? And you know, beautifully in the the way that you always do, you sort of just, well, No, there's there's nothing you can do just encouraging you to notice and look, that is something that I as I try to sort of share on some of my understanding to other people and we've had similar conversations because it comes up quite frequently about okay what do I do what do I get it I bought into it what do I do the, the thing I've continued to encourage other people to do is just to notice notice the feelings of stress or lack of confidence or uncertainty or anger or sat you know to do don't try and explore them or stop them or give them that energy that we're talking about. Just notice. Uh, And, 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 you know, accept it. I think as you brilliantly just said and say, okay, that that is how I'm feeling. Okay. I'm I'm not going to be judgmental about it and, 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 and say it's right or wrong and the book of law just say, okay, that's, that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling anxious. And, and look, we, we don't promise that just by doing that, that's some sort of, and panacea or something that it is going to be no we're not, we're not saying it's a cure Or what we're saying is that actually by noticing it by not feeding that energy the impact that it has in terms of how deep that anger or sadness or rage goes or how long that emotions or thinking stays around for will be less less deep or or, or shorter in in time so you know, one of the things, one of the easy, simple, easy, one of the simple pragmatic things that we just encourage you to do as you, as you think about what, what does this podcast mean for me? what What's resonating? We'd encourage you just to notice, notice your thinking and not apply that energy and not be judgmental about it, but just see it for what it is and see that the, the, uh, as we've said today about this difference between our thinking And our state of mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think just to add to that, because I think sometimes, like, you know, you mentioned be a doer. Sometimes people think, oh my God, you're just telling me to I don't know, you know, sit on my cushion all day or whatever. You know, it feels like (laughs) (laughs) to be really passive. Um, that's often a a sort of a fear for people. And and sometimes there is a value in giving yourself a break. So I think for, for many people. There is a value in that, but actually, that that when when someone experiences burnout, where they literally have to take a break for, for for often for a significant period of time, what we're saying is actually, if you're more you're more understanding of your experience, you're navigating your experience more effectively, then you don't need those. You don't need those big breaks. Um, but also that <clears throat> that when you settle into that, and there's often a little bit of an adjustment as people sort of come to terms with it a little bit and they explore it from their own perspective. My experience with it personally and with other people is then s- try and stop them doing things. Because I think the nature of human beings, as I've mentioned before, I think is about creation. So my experience is when people are really connected to their being, really, which then means you're way more connected to your life, then you're doing things all the time from that. Because what you're doing is is flowing from your being. And people often find that, wow, I'm getting a lot more done than I did before. Because often people that are real doers and overthinkers don't realize that there's such a hidden inefficiency because they're overthinking everything. They don't realize there's a huge inefficiency in that, that suddenly when you take away all that, all of that um, unhelpful thinking, you know, someone will find, God, a task that, a two-hour task <clears throat> that when I'm overthinking and stress takes me four hours, when I'm just, I'm just, I'm present, I'm engaged, and I'm fully involved in myself in whatever it is I got to do. It takes me two hours. It takes me two hours. I do that, and then I do whatever else I need to do, and then I need to do whatever else I need to do. And I think that's the, you know, someone I um, spoke to a while ago that came on a program, He he, what he realized was he was in a really busy job, where but he'd often get, like, 10 minutes between meetings, like 10 minutes here, five minutes there, 15 minutes here. And one thing he noticed was, through the day, he might have had an hour's time that was not to do with meetings. But what he noticed was that, because his mind was so busy, he'd think, "Oh, I got ten minutes. What shall I do?" And then he 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 said, "I'd start one thing, and then I switched to another thing, and then I switched something else." Yeah, yeah. And he said, "I come back to yeah. my computer and all these. He said, sometimes like fifteen emails all open, partly sort of." answered you know but not finished and he said of course then your heads you have to get your head back into each one of them again so all of that hour's time you could have actually just done a few things you've not you fritted it away with your thinking scattering and then you're left yeah. with having to do it at the end of the day again so it, it, he, he he really saw that his mind was really creating his feeling of overwhelm it wasn't a busy yeah, job yeah. but the overwhelming stuff just meant that he was overthinking things and then not taking opportunities to do what he needed to do yeah so yeah. you know i could have, finished, I could have answered finished 10 emails you know and then had five to do at the end of the day rather than <clears throat> I've now yeah. got 15 to do it's like you know
0: <laughs> it was almost as if his. um computer screen was almost like a mirror image of his mind this sort of scattered approach wasn't it of half done jobs and started things and moved off and and distraction i always i always sort of wonder about do you ever sort of see this sort of like work when somebody sort of open starts presenting and they've got about a thousand documents or links to stuff on that sort of home page i was going what gosh what the heck does that say about a person
1: honestly i i I, my my mother in law years ago was in hospital for quite a long period of time, and um, used to sort of go in there regularly to to see her. And, and <clears throat> what always struck me was how how much paperwork there was everywhere, um, and yeah. also just how many um, posters and notices about doing this or not doing that, and da 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 da. And and it, I honestly, I used to go in there and feel I felt overwhelmed by that and I thought God, if I was working in that environment what must that be like um and you know I think I could see that play out in some of the the interactions I had with people so so I think sometimes you know our our environment is a is a mirror of our mind so I think often people feel I have this a lot with people I work with, you know, they'll they'll say, yeah, I've just got I, I'm overwhelmed because I've got so much too much to do. And when you really explore it with them, you say, well, like, are there times when you've got you've got too much to do, <clears throat> but you're not overwhelmed with it? You're just making decisions, you're prioritising, you know how to use your time. And my experience, particularly people at senior levels, they'll always have. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. There's, there's times when I'm like on it, you know, just on it. You know, just able to just know what to do, when to do it, what to drop, and all the rest of it. Mm. And it's really helpful because it it really points out that the feeling of overwhelm comes from the mind, not from the environment. And you know, like your example earlier, when you've got so much thinking on, you feel overwhelmed with it. Oh, I don't know what to do, or how am I going to do this? You start to panic. And it it's the mind that's that. that that's creating that so it doesn't mean that there's sometimes people have got a lot to do and they've got you know some people got too much to do but it's really saying well but you want a clear state of mind to be able to make the right choices about what you're gonna what you're gonna do yeah and i think that's the that's the key actually someone i coached years ago she She really got that. She said, oh, my God, there are moments where she said, I've literally got so much to do. There was just no sense in thinking about it. And she said she had moments, she said, where my mind completely clears. And then she had to crack on and do the first thing I need to do. And she said, I like, you know, just like dealing with all this stuff. And she said, is that what you're talking about? I said, yes, absolutely. And she said, "So, so I can have that. I said, yeah, there's an opportunity to not get to that point (laughs) but to have that clarity of mind if you've had it then when you literally know you've got so much to do could you have that clarity of mind at other times that then um, helps you deal with a very busy life and a busy job yeah yeah
0: That comment around um, clarity of mind uh, does link me on to our other listener question. So I'm going to I'm going to move on to, to that, Steve if I may so um as I said at the start Mark got in touch with us last time round, and the my terrible example sorry my really good example of me being a terrible cricketer um just mixing around where my objectives need to go uh resonated with him and it, his question compares me to an elite cricketer so Mark thank you very much for for that I'm not sure that uh, I've ever been compared to that before and equally I'm not sure that's what you meant but certainly that's how I've interpreted it. Uh, so he said to us, having listened to podcast four this morning, I was reflecting on the idea of elite cricketers playing every ball on its merits. So the notion of being in the moment, but also thinking about their role in the broader strategy. And I imagine there are specific techniques they deploy to enable them to get back to the moment. Whilst their trigger maybe the bowler turning around to run in um, but do we know any techniques that may that we may use or those that you found successful to quiet the mind to enable you to catch yourself and get back to being in the moment steve what comes to mind when when you listen to mark's question and comment
1: yeah so again i think it's a really good question that i suppose what comes to mind for me is that the the the, the, key, the key to performance in anything actually, is your level of awareness that then enables you to be more responsive in the moment. So the reason that um, people say, you know, watch the ball, you know, in sport, in sort of um, any um, activity or sport that has a ball, people go watch watch the ball because they know that if you've got a good awareness of the ball, then you can be more responsive in the way that you then hit the ball. So so in a way, that, that, that you could argue for anything. You know, if you're doing a presentation, what do you need to be aware of? Well, if you're going to do a really effective presentation, you need to be aware of what's the message that you're trying to get across. You need to understand the material you've got. But you then got to be aware of the way that you're communicating the way you're engaging your audience you know so that you know if you're doing a presentation well that's that's what you're doing you're applying your awareness to something that's really important so one of the mistakes for example people make in presentations is they think so much about what the audience is thinking of them that they lose sight of the way that they're communicating and the way that they're engaging so I think it's really important to know those two principles that You can only respond to something that you're aware of. So in any activity, you can pick what do I need to be interested in? What do I need to focus on to create a good level of awareness and understanding that gives me the best chance of being responsive? So one thing I know you and I have spoken about over the years is like the inner game, the Tim Galway's inner game. He wrote the inner game of tennis and then wrote the inner game of golf. And then the inner game of work, but I think one of one of his really useful insights was that um, you needed to. Sorry, just had to mute for for <laughs> um, <laughs> I was wondering was a sleep. if I needed to it. Like... <laughs> and then there's a pause there. Um, that that what what he was really good, I think, what he articulated really well is saying. You know, what what's a critical variable that you can pay attention to that gives you the best chance of developing your awareness? So, for example, even with the with with a, a sport that had a ball, so he was tennis, he said often just telling people watch the ball is not enough. It's not interesting enough. So one of the things, because he said you know you tell people to watch the ball, and you can see that quite quickly they stop. So he used to get people noticing what ways the ball spin. Or if you're in tennis, he would say, notice when the ball bounces and then notice when you hit it. So you're 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 getting an even closer awareness <clears throat> of something that's really relevant to that performance, which is your ability to know what the ball is doing and know what your racket's doing in in um you know in connection to that. So I think you know, going back to Mark's question, I suspect that's what that's what they're doing is that they're using cues of things to watch for. I know in cricket, just from watching it on commentary, you know they'll they'll often people watch it coming out of the hand, for example, so they can sort of see which way how the ball has held the ball or if it's a spinner what what way they might be spinning it <clears throat> and so. I think in any activity, you could look at something. If you say, well, I want to be better at this. Then if you understand that, well, it's the awareness that's key. It's saying, well, what would be the things that you might want to pay attention to that give you yeah. the best chance of um, of being aware of something so that you can be more responsive to that? So, for example, yeah. when I've coached people perhaps that have had feedback about having a very negative impact on people in the way that they engage with people and so on often to do with their team what you often find is that the individual that's struggling is is often very stressed and overthinking everything and often quite fearful so sometimes they've just got a lot going on and so they're dealing with things in a very transactional way Um, And sometimes the feedback reinforces that because they're getting all this negative feedback and then they're, they're trying to think about that as well. And so sometimes the more feedback you give someone, the worse it gets because you can't tell someone into awareness. You know, feedback is about creating awareness and sometimes you give feedback and it creates it, but there's a fine line between sometimes feedback inadvertently closes the awareness down because the person gets more fearful or or judgmental about themselves so quite often what i've had that with people is sometimes just very gently getting them to just notice you know if, when people come into their office just noticing how they show up what do they look like what how do they respond to the way that you're communicating to them so Because invariably, when people are struggling, particularly in connection with other people, they're very closed down. They're in their own mental, they're in their own world. They're caught up in their own thinking. And they're just not tuning in to the people around them. And so if you can get them to just notice, oh, yeah, how are people turning up? And do they look happy? Are they engaged? Are they interested in what you're saying? You know, all of those things, you can just gradually, just gently get them to Notice that and of course i think one of the things that tim galway discovered i think which i think is really true is that awareness is often curative is the way he described it so if you get people noticing the right things their behavior changes naturally in line with that awareness so suddenly people that are more aware of the impact they're having on other people for example start to sort of naturally just change the way they communicate because mm. the 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 awareness leads to a change in response. And that's what mm. he said about awareness is curative is because <clears throat> you start to, that's what he found in his tennis coaching is people would start to improve without any instruction from him just by yeah, yeah. working with their awareness. That was a massive insight for him when he was a coach because he thought coaching was all about instructing when he first started yes and he realized almost by accident that actually when he got people really working on their own awareness he suddenly found people just you know playing really well without mm. without any instruction from him so then he i think he learned that if he could just keep fine tuning their awareness then that's what would create the conditions for their improved performance. Um, Any
0: thoughts from but, you? Does that? <laughs> yeah, um, two two, th- two thoughts really. Uh, you and I have talked about in future episodes and maybe future series, We we might well do episodes just looking at things like tim galway's uh in a game work and see how that connects to being and what we can can learn from that because we are conscious we sort of reference different different people as we go and so we thought that actually that might be something interesting for us to, to go and and do um so you know hopefully we'll talk more about it in future episodes um what I would say, just to sort of build on your um, uh, description of some of the things that Galway's talking about and the, the focus on the ball. One of the key parts of what Galway is talking about is this non-judgmental nature. Uh, and equally, I think he, he doesn't particularly use, as far as I can recall, the sort of nature of mind. But he was talking about the sort of you notice the revolutions of a tennis ball. Um, and he, and he, what he encourages us to do is just to focus on that, that sort of interesting shape that a tennis ball has and how it, how it revolves, not to say, because I need to do something about it. He's, he's not saying that, you know, actually even in cricket, to some extent, what we're not saying is watch the hand because you need to go, okay, well, therefore I'm going to do that. We're not saying that at all. What we're saying is it is something that you can use as a, a technique, to allow you to quiet the mind to put it back in because one of the brilliant things that took, Galway talks about is that it does not need the, your thinking your conscious mind to tell the body what to do the the, the 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 subconscious mind will send the right messages in at the highest form of 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 elite sport and even to some extent even when you bring it down a sort of I know Sunday league every day, you know, me and you and, you know, in a tennis court, there is such a pace with which the ball comes. There is not the time to have that inner dialogue with ourselves and say, "Okay, the ball's there. What you need to do with your backhand is go high and follow. There's not that time there. But the subconscious knows what to do. So therefore, the, the challenge comes and this is where the non judgmental and just focusing techniques come into play is to get out of the way of ourselves not to allow that thinking to be there because it is disruptive thinking it's getting in the way of knowing what what the what the the mind already knows what to do so whatever technique we will apply and the, the the revolutions as a focus is is a good way of doing that people have talked about breath as well as things that we 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 can do but it's about staying in that non-judgmental and not saying okay because of this therefore i should do that we're not saying that we're saying the focus in a non-judgmental way brings us back into our sense of being and being in the moment and enabling us to to deliver what what's required
1: yeah absolutely and i think you know i know the cricket example if you you know listening to the, the England cricket team now with Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes, you know, you can really feel that's what the message they're sending the players is, look, we are not going to judge you for the way that you play. <coughs> and so they're trying to get them to go back to like they used to play when you were a kid and go out there and express yourself yeah. and enjoy yourself. And and yet, the, of course, as a player, you know it's it's a performance sport so if the team is losing all the time i mean in the moment they're winning all the time but if 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 you keep losing and your performance you know is not up to to scratch there's someone else that's doing better then you know that you're going to be you're going to be replaced but i think what they really see is that when you're out in the middle there is no point in being in a judgmental state that does nothing for you and I think it's the same in work, really, that, you know, when you're in a meeting or you're delivering a presentation and so on, it's really saying, well, in the moment of performance, judgment does not help you at all. And that's the key. But it, it still means, you know, there will be there might be consequences depending on whether you're performing to whatever the, the, the standard is. It's not it's not saying that. But it's really saying, but in the moment of performance, where does your where does your attention and focus need to be to give you the best chance of being successful, of creating a, a positive result? And that that's that's the key yeah. to it, actually.
0: Mark, thank you so much for the question. I hope those answers are- of know giving you some, some something to think about um, I'm conscious Steve we've been going for quite some time now so I'm going to wrap uh, today's episode up yep. Um. thank you for once again taking the time for for you and for listening today we as ever hope that there is something that has uh, had a had a good impact and a positive impact on you as we always say please get in touch with questions you can see what it does to the conversation it takes us into different directions it links to the 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 subjects hopefully as you listen more we're sort of building layer upon layer of your understanding and coming at things in a different way which we hope helps so it's really important please get in touch and as we've said before if you're interested in coming to have a conversation with us in bringing different experiences and different voices to everyday being we are so open to to that um so again more voices more experiences are what we're looking for please please get in touch Steve, any one last pragmatic encouragement to to take away from today's conversation?
1: Not really. I think we covered quite a wide range of things. I guess my only thought, as I think I've said before, is just you know, test this out in your own experience. I think that's the best way. Get curious about nature of your own mind, nature of your own experience, and see if what we're describing you know where where that makes sense, and and perhaps where it doesn't. You know, drop us a line because we, we 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 like to hear and be able to respond to that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah absolutely agree. Yeah, I'd, I'd i'd echo that that comment. Um, my build would would be that that comment that I think has been made two or three times is just notice notice your thinking, see, see what comes from it. So thank you. We look forward to you joining us next time and everyday being, look after yourself.
1: Thanks, bye.